Action. You, bo you both do this every single time. Oh, Action. I don't know why you keep trying. Like where? I what what do we? What is it that you expect us to do when you say action? No one can see us, so we're just waiting for. What if I just screeched? <laughs> like make a random noise. Honestly, I'm not sure what I expect. <laughs> I don't know. Something. I don't know. I don't know what I want to happen. Do you think we should start having like a an intro? Like, hello and welcome back to the Aerobic Power Builder, brought to you by 1440 Coffee. Do you I, think we should, you know what I mean? I or do you think we should just get in? I like that we do just get into it. We just start But talking. then you also, you'll, like, two days later, you'll be like, I think maybe we should have some intro music. And then I'm like, I think this would be a great intro music song. And you're like, ah, I think the listeners just like to go right into it. I think they just like to get right into it. I think they're so not listening. I they think, can listen to music. Right, they're not turning in for music. Yeah, but sometimes it gets you like going a little bit. I, I, I who knows? I think when we have more <laughs> than our clients listening to us, then we can address this if it becomes an issue. That's true. That's reasonable. All right, <laughs> big day today, big week. So apropos that we would talk about this subject because this week is the culmination. Uh, of a long period of focus and uh, focus with regard to training and nutrition and lifestyle for you. So we're going to talk about today, Amanda's journey into bodybuilding. We're going to talk about what led her to it, uh, how she got interested in the first place, what she's liked about it, what she hasn't liked about it, um, whether it's something that, that maybe more people should aspire to, all that kind of stuff. What her training looks like, diet looks like, everything and anything. So let's start at the beginning. Why did you decide to uh, compete, prepare for and compete in a bodybuilding show or really probably a series of, of shows? Um. Well, I think for me, it was just kind of a different challenge. Um, this whole year has been very interesting, um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, I think being kind of forced into the basement in March for workouts with everything that was kind of going on just kind of led me to a space that I've been in for a while as far as like not needing a group fitness to kind of push or drive me um, and kind of seeing that, okay, I can be successful following something just a little bit more templated um, and, and seeing success with that and kind of push, um, but also kind of being in a bit of a funk and not knowing what I wanted to do next with my training and not really kind of being excited about doing powerlifting or weightlifting or doing more kind of crossfitty type things that I'd done in the past. Um, and so just kind of looking for something new. All right. So that was, it was, you had done those things before change of pace, obviously with quarantine and, and getting kind of thrown out of what would have otherwise been your comfort zone, right. Which was participating in group class yeah. Um, so 
had you been previously interested in bodybuilding? Like, was it something where you knew a lot about it, followed the sport generally, et cetera? Um, I didn't know a lot about it. Obviously, being in Columbus, uh, the Arnold being here, I've gone to the Arnold for, I don't know, the decade that I've lived here plus some. Um, and so it was always interested, interesting to me, uh, that kind of realm of fitness, uh, but didn't really know a lot about it. Um, and so... I have a few friends that competed and so glimpses of kind of their journey and what they've done um, kind of piqued my interest to explore it more. Yeah. So you have a, a, maybe a friend or acquaintance of yours um, is an IFBB pro pretty recently. So yeah. uh, how did that, if it did, pique your interest? Uh, a lot. Um, so my friend Katie, uh, I know her through functional fitness, through her husband. Um, she has competed and competed for a long time, but took a break. Um, ended up getting married and pregnant and had a baby. And from there decided that she wanted to hit the stage again. Uh, and within a year and a half, I think, of having her baby now is an IFBB pro. Uh, so that was just kind of amazing to see her dedication um, and kind of mindset that to that even as like a mom to dedicate time to herself was was really amazing to see. Yeah, is I think that's super cool. I think when someone is close to you and moves to the top tier of any sport, basically becomes a professional athlete. <coughs> Certainly that's <coughs> piqued your interest yeah. in it a little bit. <coughs> uh, all right, so not a ton of previous interest in it in the sense that you didn't follow physique sport really closely. You just had some loose associations with it. Mm -hmm. So, all right, so that kind of covers a little bit of the why. So if we dig down into like what you're going to compete in, there isn't just one division within the female part of physique sport. There are several. Yes. So can you maybe give us um, a quick rundown of, of what you're doing and then maybe just a brief overview of the different divisions. So people have a little bit of perspective in terms of what you're doing. We're cooking stuff. So there's going to be bells and whistles going off. Just embrace it. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so I am going to be competing in the wellness division, uh, which is a relatively new division to the bodybuilding world. Um, just over a year, maybe close to a year and a half. Um, it is geared towards females who uh, tend to have more of an athletic build in their lower body. Um, and so just kind of doing some research into the different body types that um, are seen within the bodybuilding population, I thought that that may be the best one for me because um, I'm not petite in that regard uh, to where bikini made sense. Um, and then I don't at this point carry enough muscle um, throughout my lower body 
uh, or even really in my upper body to compete more so in figure or physique. So I thought it was a, just kind of a good culmination of a, a category for me to dip my toe in. It's something we've talked about a lot through this process is it seems like a common error for men in and women in physique sport is they try to pigeonhole like themselves in a division within which they don't really fit. So it's the one maybe they think is cool or desirable to compete in, but they don't actually have the build to do that. So it's an interesting thing that you just happen to fit, we think pretty well in this very niche, very new category that is actually in reality, like very specific. So if you, the listener, at home, uh, Google image search like uh, like NPC or IFBB wellness division, and you'll see the ladies who compete in this. And if you look at it uh, compared to like bikini figure physique, it's significantly different. So it gives you a little bit of a sense of um, kind of the archetype of that. So cool. Uh, so kind of in the middle. So not as sort of petite and emphasis on um, quite as much feminine femininity as bikini uh a little bit less um but not quite as much muscle and maybe particularly leanness um in figure and certainly not in physique which would be kind of the most lean most muscular of the ladies categories yes cool uh do you have questions you want me to just keep rolling you just uh, i mean i think you could just like simplify everything that we just talked about as like thick with a couple c's that's what we're working with so if you think about like you have like a, a bowl of oatmeal on like a cold sunday morning that's what we're thinking of like thick with a few c's that was what you so, thought of in the first 10 minutes of the podcast that yeah was your so if, contribution. You, if you guys are a little confused up until now there's a little clarification that's what i'm here for clarification um i think I'll think of more questions as we go. I have some molding, but they're they don't fit with what we've talked about so far. All right, perfect. So I'll just leave everyone on the edge of their seats. Really appreciate that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your progression, both with training and then with nutrition throughout this process, and maybe give the listener a little bit of a sense of where you are in your overall process for competing this season. Boy, all right, that's that's a lot. Two part question. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about training first, and then because <clears throat> diet, I think, has more to do with this, where you are in the season. Yeah. So as far as training, uh, I just finished two separate hypertrophy blocks. Um, movement wise, not very different from what I have done or kind of what our clients see in the gym uh, in their own training uh, as far as compound movements, uh, which for me is exciting, obviously coming from the functional fitness realm, um, compound movements are what I know more. Uh, the isolation of certain things or the use of machines kind of came at a point after I broke my wrist that that was kind of my only options if I wanted to continue with fitness, which again, kind of pushed me further into this direction and kind of further exposed into bodybuilding, being in a conventional gym. Um, so just a combination of, of those two split up mainly 
by days. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday were lower body days. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, upper body days. Cool. So in, in some ways, not really that big of a departure in terms of movement uh, with the addition of some fun machines, maybe some different rep ranges, things like that. Uh, had you ever done some of the intensity techniques that you've been doing? So supersets, giant sets, that kind of stuff. Uh, no, not prior. I mean, obviously we've been exposed to supersets and we've done supersets in our training and in the programming that we've done for ourselves. Um, but hitting triceps or doing giant sets, um, metabolite work, that was all new for me. So just to give, uh, some pe people, uh, a little bit of perspective and clarify what that means. Uh, superset would be going from one exercise right into another one without resting or with very, very short rest and then resting after that. And so a triset would just be three, one, two, three, then rest. A giant set is where you have a particular rep number that you need to hit and you effectively take as many sets, little mini sets as you as you need to, which is basically you're trying to take as few as possible with minimal rest between them to get to that number. So if you're going to back squat, you need to hit 60 back squats. You're going to try to hit 60 reps in as few sets as you can. And you might rest like 15 to 20 seconds between your sets, just enough to catch your breath. The idea being with that is you want to accumulate lactic acid in your muscles. You want to accumulate, which is a metabolite. And so there's, there's some scientific theory and research that supports that that helps your muscles grow, especially um, when you've been doing hypertrophy training for a while and they start to become more resistant. Your muscles adapt to that and don't grow as robustly after a while. So you have to try these intensity techniques to try to push them to grow a little bit more. So something you hadn't done in the past. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your diet and nutrition, because obviously this is maybe the most notorious part of, of show prep is nutrition. Yeah. Well, if you've been listening to us for a while, um, you know, that kind of as quarantine hit and we first started talking about hypertrophy and strengths and the differences between the two, uh, I was in the midst of a cut at that point in time. Um, and so what I've been doing uh, is not very dissimilar to that. Uh, a little bit more controlled as far as specific foods that I can, can and cannot eat. Um, and then at this stage, even tracking water intake, sodium intake um, in correlation to my meals. Um, it's been interesting for me because I was not a big protein shake drinker. Um, occasionally I'd have some casein at night. Um, but now those are staples written into my diet plan. So I think a common misconception is that like, it just sucks to like, you can't <laughs> eat anything. You're chewing on your wallpaper and then putting it back on your wall. And then you're going to chew it again later. It just is terrible. So it sounds like it isn't actually, it hasn't been that much of an adjustment from kind of what you're used to, maybe amounts or tracking is a little bit more specific, but your the general things that you were eating, general types of foods that you were eating hasn't actually varied that much, or that, that isn't, so you had a change in terms of maybe trying some new machines, but 
diet hasn't been that much of an adjustment. Right. Um, and I think for me, that's, that's been true since I entered the fitness world, uh, in that kind of the paleo-esque diet tends to bode very well for me and, and kind of aligns with some allergies that I have. Um, so tracking my food and being strict when it comes to that, uh, is something that I tend to be notorious for. Um, and so overall, obviously, as we've kind of approached to this week, um, I'm starting to feel a little bit more fatigued and a little bit more depleted because I've been doing this now for 12 weeks. Um, but as far as my food intake, that sort of thing, it's not vastly different um, than the cut that I've did previous. Yeah. I think you're very good at, um, hunger management strategies. So you're really good at finding foods that are still pretty dense in terms of micronutrients, but that you can eat a lot of. So if you have a limited number of say of carbohydrates that you're going to be able to take in in a given day, uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense to fill that with like rice right? Because you're going to end up not getting that much. It makes a ton of sense to fill it instead with broccoli, cauliflower, green beans, Brussels sprouts, that kind of stuff, kale, or you, asparagus, even though you don't like asparagus, no. uh, <laughs> that you can eat a lot of. And those things are also good for you. Yeah. And they're su supporting like gut health and like all that kind of stuff that are, we know to be, you know, generally accepted as good things. So, I think that was impressive to watch you is even though your um, intake was being restricted, that you were able to manage through it really without a ton of problem. Like you're, you're, you know, less than a week out now you're in the most grindy part and it's difficult, but just like seeing you, you're not, you're not outwardly having a hard time with it. And frankly, I think that's because of your mindset, but I think it's also because you have really, really thoughtful strategies about how to manage it, basically. Yeah. This week, now this week will obviously be different. Uh, this week is referred to as peak week. Um, so it, it is the week leading up to the show. Uh, it is Sunday evening as we record this. Uh, so five full days left of training and food. Uh, and all of that is now going to be different in preparation for Saturday. Um, so maybe if you see me this week, I shall not be <laughs> as put together as I've been over the last 12 weeks uh, because things will change a little bit this week as far as my food intake. But yeah, so that's, I think, a good actually point for us to talk about maybe next is what happens after you compete uh, next weekend. So this coming weekend. Uh, what happens in terms of your diet, your training, and then in terms of competition, uh, where do you go from there? Are you going to compete again? What's the timeline, et cetera? Yeah, so uh, I'll compete this Saturday, and then from there I'll get a little bit of a diet break. Uh, what that looks like, I don't know just yet, um, but it sounds like it may be for a couple of weeks that I'll kind of transition out of a cut and maybe into something that looks more like maintenance. Um, so I get a little bit more food, a little bit more leeway, uh, hopefully I have a treat or two. Uh, and then 
get back to it because uh, the ultimate goal is going to be to compete at the Arnold in March, assuming it goes forward as planned. Cool. So compete this weekend, little diet break, uh, which is both uh, a, a physical break from dieting, right? Where you can let your weight come up a touch and relax and add some food into your diet. But it's also a psychological break, right? So when you push really hard, you're, you accumulate a lot of psychological fatigue with this too. And that, you know, doesn't come without cost. You have to let the air out of that tank as well every once in a while. So you brought up an interesting point or kind of have alluded to it throughout this. Like you have a coach through this. So you actually have two <laughs> um, because you have someone handling your, up until now, uh, handling uh, the fitness part. And then you have someone handling your nutrition. So just quickly walk us through kind of what that looks like. Sure. So uh, I, when I do something, I kind of go all in on it. And so uh, talking to some of my friends, Katie specifically, knowing how difficult this is, I wanted to make sure that I was prepared as, as I could be. Um, and so obviously I have an autoimmune disease, uh, and so I'm working with a training coach through Renaissance periodization or RP, uh, and they don't allow, uh, a coach to work with someone on their nutrition, uh, who is not a registered dietitian if they have an autoimmune disease like I do. So I got paired with a registered dietitian who has handled and done my nutrition all the way through to today. Um, and now my coach who is a new IFBB pro bodybuilder, uh, he is taking over my nutrition for this peak week. Cool. You know, what's interesting is they're not their only coaches because you have a posing coach too. I like it's an interest. It's been a wonderful discovery to see the uh, series of cottage industries that exist around and within physique sport. So the people who are going to make your suit, your posing coach, your diet coach, your fitness coach, like all these people come into this. And it's obviously not a small investment of time and money on your part. Um, but that's if you're going to do it right. And the goal is to, to go even to your first show and do well. Right. It's not to come in last. It's to win. Right. Step on some throats. Right. Like if you're going to do that, you can't you have to have you have to put your hubris aside and understand what you don't know. Even if you are a coach, like you work in the fitness industry, you know a ton about fitness and getting people to uh, incur body composition change. But this is not a field in terms of, of com competitive bodybuilding that you have a background in. So sensible to seek out coaches. Yeah. Yeah. And it was when I originally started on this, uh, the Arnold was kind of the goal. Um, so this competition that's next weekend is kind of a, a stepping stone. It was like, all right, before I step on a stage like the Arnold, uh, let's try something a little bit smaller. Um, and so when I had reached out to my posing coach, she's like, oh, you've got like plenty of time. Like, why are you trying to do this now? And, you know, and in talking to people who competed said like, the posing is part of like the hardest part uh, for it. And so I said, I just wanted to be prepared. Um, and she's just amazing. She is a former bodybuilder herself. Uh, and then she did judging 
Um, so it's been amazing to kind of have her on, on my roster of people leading me in this, um, just for her expertise and knowledge. Yeah, I think it's super cool. I think it's cool to have exposure to the people who are at the top of the sport. You know what I mean? It's cool when someone who plays professional football helps you learn how to be a better football player, right? Like that's inherently an exciting thing, right? Because there's a lot of interesting knowledge there that they can share. Uh, so what is this something that anybody can do? I, I mean, if you want it enough, yeah. I mean, why, why not? But you have to understand like that it takes time and true dedication. I, I mean, I got, I was lucky enough to see my godmother today when got my, my nails done for this competition, but this is the first time I've seen her been able to spend time with her in a while because like my time outside of working and or coaching has been dedicated to my own nutrition and fitness that it, it it's kind of been hard to have any kind of social life outside of what I'm doing been doing is it interesting it's an inherently this sounds bad but it's not bad it's just how it has to be it's an inherently selfish sport because it's not only the exercise element it's making sure you get your in your case your steps in like your your cardio like your your meat in so your weight is moving in the direction you want it to move in and, and recovery and all this kind of stuff so it's yeah I, I would agree with you just watching you like there's nothing magical about it but it also requires a level of drive and dedication and attention to detail and attention to procedure that is that is significantly more um, than like the average recreational fitness program, basically. Um, so, all right, what has been your favorite part of this period? And then what has been your least favorite part mm. of this period? Uh... My favorite part, I think, is just kind of the overall learning experience. Um, again, this is the 100% complete brand new world to me uh, that, you know, I chose to make the decision four months ago, like that this was going to be a world that I explored. Um, so just kind of learning all of the different avenues and aspects of this from what training looks like what diet looks like working with opposing coach getting my suit made um it, that i think overall has been the best part or most exciting part for me uh now obviously talk to me <laughs> after i compete on saturday and maybe that that will change um my least favorite part, I think, is the what is left of like the unknowns. Um, I, if you know me, I'm very much a planner, and so it's easy for me to have a plan and stick to it and be dialed in. Uh, but things kind of left unknown has been a little stressful, like the unknown that it's Sunday, the competition is Saturday, and with everything kind of going on in the world. It, there's a possibility it still may not even happen. So uh, I would say that the unknowns tend to be my least favorite <laughs> part. <laughs> what, is, what are you most excited for within between now and Saturday? Could be 
looking absolutely peeled. Could be getting a spray tan, could be posing, could be anything. What I'm most looking forward to, um, oh, uh, I don't know. I, I, it has been a while since I've had a spray tan, but I have done them before, so that's not the exciting part. Uh, I think the most exciting part for me is going to be seeing the whole picture together, right? Like, so my suit's still not done yet. Um, so I think once I'm in the suit, hair and makeup, I think that'll be the most exciting part. The culmination, yeah. Yeah. I think a cool takeaway for the listener um, is, is that you're able to jump in this because you are already involved with fitness. So this hasn't really been a big giant change um, other than maybe doing like a little bit of extra cardio related stuff, like not a big change from what you were doing previously. No. So I think that's an interesting, it was an interesting takeaway for me is that both from in terms of like our own programming and what we're doing for clients and like our understanding of the why behind what we're doing. Um, it's nice when you see other people um, who are at high levels of other industries and they're thinking the same way. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That means, that means you're doing something right. Yeah. And then of course, with that, uh, there's like the opportunity to learn new things that you then can apply, right? right. Like you're going to get to apply stuff that you learned for your clients, which inherently just makes you a better coach. Right. Or even if it's just perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is always kind of the fun part and kind of the fun part for us as we've gone through everything that we've gone through since quarantine and the evolution of us as coaches the aerobic power builder and moving forward yeah and that's it we're going to keep evolving keep pushing it keep pushing the peanut and uh in the meantime we'll see you next week see ya